And um, we're so ex- I'm excited to do this message for you this morning. It's the last in our hope series. Uh, next week, we're going to have Pastor Scott Thornton from Life come and speak as a guest speaker. So that's going to be awesome. And then uh, we get into some of our Christmas stuff and Pastor Trinity is going to be preaching and it's just going to be great. And, and really stay tuned. Stay tuned into the social media stuff because we've got some pretty cool things planned for Christmas. Even if we can't meet together, we've got some stuff planned around that'll be really, really cool. And we think that you'll love it. And it's just going to be a really cool thing that happens. And so make sure you stay tuned into that. Right into the message this morning. Um, I want to talk to you about being hope dealers, people that deal in hope. In fact, if you look at the Bible, there's one book in the Bible that's probably requires more hope than any other book in the whole entire Bible, and that would be the book of Job. If you've never read the book of Job, Job is a story, or it's a book, and it's a story about how Job basically loses everything. Everything happens to him. He loses his family. He loses all his money. He loses um, loved ones. He ends up sitting there Uh, in the field somewhere, scraping boils off his body with broken pieces of pottery. I I don't know about you, but I think Job was in need of severe hope. If anybody in the Bible needed hope, Job was the guy. He needed so much hope in that moment. When you've lost everything, when you've lost your kids, when you've lost everything, uh, you, uh, you need some hope in your world. And yet, Job was surrounded by his friends in need of hope, but surrounded by people that had no idea how to contribute hope. In fact, it says this in Job 16, verse 2 to 5, it says, I have heard all this before. This is Job talking to his friends. I have heard all this before. What miserable comforters you are. Won't you ever stop blowing hot air? I love this. He's telling them how he's feeling right now, yeah? What makes you keep on talking? In other words, shush, zip it. I could say the same things if you were in my place. I could spout off criticism and shake my head at you. But if it were me, I would encourage you I would try to make your grief go away. Job is like, man, if I was in your position and you were in my position, I wouldn't be criticizing you. I wouldn't be telling you, oh, it's your fault and this, that, and the other thing. I would strengthen you with my mouth. I would encourage you. I would build you up. I would speak words of life in you. I would try to say stuff that would take away your grief and allow you to hope again, to believe again. And and here's Job going through the most horrendous thing. And rather than people encouraging him, loving on him, speaking into his world, he says this in verse 8, he says, You have shriveled me up. You have shriveled me up. And it has become a witness. My gauntness rises up and testifies against me. In other words, 
What you have spoken over me and what you have said to me has shriveled me up so bad or reduced me so bad that this has now become the witness of who I am. It testifies to everybody around me that this is who I am because of what you have said, what you have spoken. You have shriveled me up. I think we live in a world on a whole where people are constantly being shriveled up by other people's words. That people are constantly shriveled up by other people's words. And God forbid that the church would ever become a place where our words shrivel people up, where our words reduce people, where our words don't help people or encourage people, but make them smaller. I want to I tell you, let's be people, especially in this season, that not only enjoy our hope that we have in Christ, but be people that give hope. Because as we speak, we can strengthen people and we can lift their heads. In fact, the Scripture says this, that God is the lifter of the heads. And we want to be people that lift people's heads. We want to be people that enjoy hope, but we also want to be people that give hope. And when we look around at the tragedy going on in the world around us right now, we should be able to see the incredible blessings that God has given us. In fact, I was talking to a business guy just this week who was saying, you know, I'm not taking for granted anything that God is doing for me right now. We are incredibly blessed with what God is. There are other businesses going to the wall, but God has got us and I'm not taking it for granted. I feel incredibly blessed. I don't know about you, but there's a lot of blessings going on in your world right now. And, and in the world around you, there isn't a lot going on. And here's the thing, we can't afford to be people in this season, the church, Christians, cannot afford to be people that hold on to our blessings for ourselves, but we need to be people that contribute it to the world around us. That we would commit ourselves in the season to be people that are passionate about giving hope. And here's the thing, you actually don't need a whole lot of hope to give some hope. You don't need a whole lot of hope. It's not like you need to walk around as you know super positive man with a cape coming off your back that's got a big H on it because you're the super hope guy. It's not about how much. It's just about giving some of what you have. And here's Job so desperately needing hope, looks around at the people around him, his friends, the people that should be giving him hope. And instead what they're doing is they're just leaving him shriveled up. And he's saying, if the roles were reversed, friend, if you were in my shoes and I was in your shoes, I would not treat you this way. I would not speak to you this way. I would speak words that would strengthen you, not shrivel you. And here's the thing. No matter what you're going through, there is someone else way worse off. Now, that is not to belittle what you're facing. I'm just saying that someone out there is envious of your situation. That someone out there is envious of what you see as a problem circumstance. They're envious of you. 
They're saying things like, if I could have their life, it'll be so much better than the life I have. And we can get so caught up in what we think is going on so badly in our world that we forget that there's somebody out there that would love your life, even though you may not love it yourself. We need to make sure that we understand that we are in a position to contribute to deal hope no matter what we are facing. Proverbs 3, 27 says this, it says, Do not withhold good from those to whom it is due when it is in the power of your hand to do so. Um, and I, my prayer for us all in this season is that God would prosper us so much that whenever we see someone who's due some good, that would always have enough power within our hands to do so, that, that we, would, we would be able to do good in every season, in every situation, that, that God would prosper us so much that we become dealers of hope, contributors of hope into the world around us, that we would have so much that we would have every opportunity, that we would not withhold what is due to people, but that we would uh, do so with the power that's in our hand. Proverbs 3.28, it goes on and it says this, it says, Do not say to your neighbour, go and come back, and tomorrow I'll give it to you when you have it with you. Let's not be people that have a tomorrow mentality, that tomorrow I'll do it. Oh, I, yeah, I know, I know they need some help, but I'll help them tomorrow. I'll help them tomorrow or next week. Tomorrow I'll do it. No, no, no. The best time to start to being a dealer of hope and a contributor of hope and giving good when it is due is today. It's not tomorrow. It's today. The best day to start is today. And maybe you're a little bit like Moses was when God came to him and said, I want you to deliver the people out of Egypt. And Moses couldn't talk properly. He had a stutter. He had all these things. And he's saying to God time and time again, I, I can't do that. I don't have what it takes. There isn't anything I can do. I don't have anything. And God's response to Moses is Moses is telling him all the reasons why he can't do this. God says to him, what's in your hand and God wanted to use what was in his hand and all Moses could see was what he didn't have and what he couldn't do and, and I think we're in danger in the season of, of forgetting what we do have and only thinking about what we don't have and I want to tell you what you do have you can put into the hands of someone else if you put that into God's hands God can use it in such a way that brings hope to people, that contributes hope to their lives and possibly helps set them free. Like it said in verse 27, do not withhold good from those to whom it is due when it is in the power of your hand to do so. Everyone has it in their hand to do so. Every single person has many ways that we can be a dealer of hope to the people around us. The problem that sometimes happens is we can get so locked into what am I getting out of this? What am I taking away from this? I pray that we would have a spirit in this season 
that's more concerned about what we're putting in instead of what we're taking out. That we would in this season be more concerned about what we're putting into people's worlds rather than what people are contributing to our world. That we'd be focused on giving out rather than taking in. That we'd be more concerned with giving hope than being concerned with how much hope everybody else is getting. That we would be more concerned about being hope dealers than looking at the, the pie of hope and going, how come they've got a bigger slice than what I've got? How come they've got a bigger thing? How come they've got more blessing than what I have? You know, sometimes in church we can get that way. We can look at other people. I've been there and kind of have this mindset of how come they get that and I don't get that? I just get this little slither of pie and they've got like half the pie. It doesn't, it's not fair. Here's the thing. Here's the thing that I hope that you get this morning is that the things of God are not a pie. The things of God are a river and there is enough blessing in a river for everyone. It's not a pie. It's not a limited source that's got to be cut up into little pieces so we all get one. But no, it's a flowing river. Why? Because God is not stingy. God is not frugal. There is more than enough for everyone. It is a river that never runs dry. It never empties. And it flows from the very throne room of God itself. And the only thing that restricts the blessing of God in your life is your commitment to how deep you will go into it. The only thing that restricts how much God is going to do in your world is whether your ankles, knees, or whether you are immersed in that. And too often we stand there with our feet in the river and we're going, there's not enough, there's not enough. No, no, there's more than enough. You're just not in deep enough. And I want to tell you, in this season, if we would throw ourselves into a relationship with Him, if we would throw ourselves into that river, there will not only be more than enough for you, but there'll be a more than enough to contribute to every single person around you, every single person you come in contact with, and you will be a dealer of hope, a contributor of hope, and you will give what is due to them every single time. The only thing that restricts how much God wants to flow in your world and flow in your life is how deep you're prepared to go in. And that's our God. So what does a hope dealer do? What does someone who is a hope contributor do? The first thing that a hope dealer does is a hope dealer encourages encourages. To encourage means to put courage in and to inspire with hope. We can all do that. No matter what is going on in our world, we can encourage others. We can encourage them and inspire them with hope. Proverbs 15.23 says this, a man has joy by the answer of his mouth and a word spoken in season. And a word spoken in due season. How good is it? Or how good it is. That, that right word in the right moment. How good is it? How good is that one word 
spoken at the right time. How good does it? You all have experience of this. We've all had that moment where somebody says something to you and you're like, oh, you don't realize how bang on that is for me right now. You don't realize how encouraging. You don't realize how much that text you sent me meant to me in that moment. You don't realize how much your encouragement helped me today. Every single one of us has been on the receiving end of a word in due season that felt incredibly good. Most of us here have experienced that. And I want to tell you, people that are dealers of hope learn how to speak a word that's due in season. They learn how to speak the right word at the right time. Why? Because they're fully immersed in the river, hearing the voice of God, and they speak the right things at the right time in the right season, and the person that receives it says, how good is that? It refreshes, it restores, it rebuilds. People that are dealers of hope are people that encourage. The second thing that a hope dealer does is it feeds many. It feeds many. Proverbs 10, 21 says this, the lips of the righteous feed many. Do your words feed. If you spoke to the people around you and that are dependent on you, and if all they had to eat were the words that you spoke, would they be healthy or would they be malnourished? If all they had were the words that you speak, would they be healthy or would they be malnourished? You see, the lips of the righteous feed many. And this is where Job's friends and so many other people get it wrong because their words shriveled people up. They didn't feed anyone and they didn't feed Job. Oh, well, well I, I, don't, I don't want them to get a big head. I don't want them to get a big head about themselves. I don't want them to get you know, a big head. Here's, here's something that I would say to you. If that's your mindset, we don't want them to get a big head about themselves. Let me ask you this question. So you want them to have a small head? You want them to think poorly of themselves? You want them to think less of themselves? Because that's the alternative to them getting a big head. J just think about that for a moment. We say so many things. Oh, you know, we... We don't want to encourage too much because we don't want them to get a big head about it. So you want them to have a small head. You want them to be discouraged. You want them to think less of themselves. So you want them to be small. Here's the thing. We don't do the world any favours by keeping people small. We don't do the world any favours by reducing people, by keeping them small. And in New Zealand, we have a tall poppy culture where we tend to pull people down rather than build people up. We don't do the world and we don't do ourselves any favour by keeping people small. You know why? Because God never intended anyone to live a small life. That's why in John 10.10, 10, he says, The devil comes to kill, steal and destroy, but I've come that you may have life 
and have it abundantly. In other words, I haven't come for you to have a small, frugal, disappointing life, but I've come that you'd have a prosperous, huge, big, all-encompassing life. It is not the kingdom of God to reduce. It's the kingdom of God to build up and to encourage and to feed, and the lips of the righteous feed many. Second Corinthians 7.13 says this, Therefore we have been comforted in your comfort, and we rejoice exceedingly more for the joy of Titus, because his spirit has been refreshed by all of you. Because of your comfort, Titus' spirit has been refreshed. You know, the greatest food we could ever feed somebody is not I fillet steak wrapped in bacon with a red wine jus. The greatest food we could ever feed somebody is soul food. A word of encouragement, the right word in the right season. That's, that's the kind that feeds the soul. And the stuff that feeds the soul is more important than anything else. Why? Because Proverbs 12, 25 says this, anxiety in the heart of man causes depression, but a good word makes it glad. A good word makes it glad. What we feed people with our words affects them on the inside to make them either unhealthy or healthy. A bad word causes anxiety and causes a man to be depressed but a good word makes him glad. I want to tell you what we say to people has an effect on every part of their life because it affects them from the inside out. And everyone, every single one of us can encourage someone and feed someone with words of hope and words of life. Every single one of us can do that. And we are living in a time right now where people need that more than ever. And if Jesus was on the face of the planet right now, he'd be walking around speaking words of life and hope, and he would be feeding many. 1 Thessalonians 3, 1-2 says this, Therefore, when we could no longer endure it, we thought it good to be left in Athens alone. And sent Timothy, our brother, to min a minister of God and our fellow laborer in the gospel of Christ. Listen to this. To establish you and encourage you concerning your faith. You see, people are established when they're inspired with hope. People are established when they're inspired with hope. Why? Because hope is the anchor of the soul. And when people are unplugged in life, it's not their circumstance that's causing them to be unplugged and unstable. It's what's happening to their soul. And we are living in a time right now where there's a whole lot of uncertainty and there's a whole lot of people unplugged and, and it's not the circumstance. It's not the virus. It's not anything like that that is causing the unplugged to happen. It's a sense of hope that has gone. And because that hope is gone, something is happening to their soul. And we need to be people that deal hope into those souls. 
that contribute hope into somebody's world. Because when we learn how to feed others, we learn how to contribute hope and we give people a foundation that they can be established on, on the inside out. When we learn to feed others and speak a right word in the right season, what we do is we give them the ability to be established on the inside in their soul so that they can then permeate through, out through their world and get stability and to be established. So rather than living unanchored and unplugged, they start to have a sense of well-being that comes from living out their lives by the principle of God and they become established because of our words of encouragement, because of words that feed many. As Madison comes, I kind of finish this morning because I want you to understand that hope has great power. Hope has great power. And you can live a certain amount of time without food and a certain amount of time without water, but I want to tell you, you were never created to live without hope. You see, people in this nation that have committed suicide have not committed suicide because they were hungry or they were thirsty. They committed suicide because they had no hope. You were never designed to live without hope. You were not created to live without hope. And here's the thing, as followers of Christ, our hope is in the name of the Lord. Our hope is in the name of the Lord, the name that's above every other name, the name that in His name every knee would bow and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, the name that when it is spoken, the demons tremble and howl shakes, the name when it is spoken, sickness leaves bodies and healing comes, the name when it is spoken, sin is dealt with and salvation comes, the name when it is spoken that brings grace and mercy to lives, the name that is spoken that brings all of your needs according to His riches and glory because He is Jehovah Jireh, the name that is spoken, our hope is in the name of the Lord, the Lord God Almighty, the King of kings and the Lord of lords. It's not in this world, it's not in our circumstances, it's not in our paycheck, but our hope is in the Lord. And when we live lives where our hope is in the Lord, then out of that wellspring, it starts to feed and contribute and deal to the lives around us. Why? Because the God of hope wants to fill you with all hope so that you would be the hope in the world and that through you and out of you would spill the access into others so that you become a dealer and a contributor of hope into the world around you. We're not called to live under, we're called to live above. And our hope is in the Lord. 
And can I just say this with all the love of God in my heart to you this morning? Stop being so fearful. Some of the stuff I see posted, this is the end times. The world is coming to an end. And, 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 and all this panic. Listen, if you've read the book, you know what happens. The worst case scenario is this, Christ returns. Yeah, and we get to live with Him forever. That's the worst case scenario. That's where our hope should be. Our hope should be in the name of the Lord. He's a strong tower, He's mighty. It doesn't matter what happens. We are secure. This time in this world is but a fleeting moment, but our time in eternity is forever and ever. And that's where our hope is. It doesn't matter what happens to us in this world because we know that the world that we belong in, in eternity with Him is a great place. It's full of hope. It is a place of hope where there's no sickness and no pain and no suffering and no cares and no worries and no concerns because we are with Him. We need to stop feeding people fear and start feeding people hope because hope will anchor us and it will anchor them and it'll stop this craziness going on the inside of us. Let's become people, not just of hope, but people that then deal hope to those around us. I wanna tell you, we are on the right side every time because of Him. He is in charge. He is the Lord of Lords and the King of Kings, and we can have great hope in Him. And you know what? When I am faithless, He is faithful. And you can, you can bank your life on the fact that God has got you. I want to pray for you this morning. Maybe, maybe you've just got a lack of a sense of hope. Or maybe you're listening in today and you're like, man, I really want to become someone like that. I really want to become someone who feeds many. That, that encourages, that is a hope contributor, that is a hope dealer in the world around us. Many of you right now can think of plenty of people, friends, work colleagues, family, that have got a sense of hopelessness. I wanna tell you, you can turn it around for them by just speaking words of encouragement and feeding them the right word and the right season at the right time. We can do that, why? Because God can give you the right word and the right season at the right time. He loves them more than you do and He wants them set free more than you do and we can be contributors of hope. And if you